Welcome to At Work in America, sponsored by Paychex. We welcome a wide and exceptionally impressive array of guests, business leaders, HR leaders, academics, practitioners, consultants, and authors to talk about the most timely, relevant, and challenging issues that are influencing the workplace today. At Work in America digs in behind the headlines and trends to the stories of real people making a difference in the world of work. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland-Steed. All right, we have a great show for you today. We are going to be talking about women in sports and girls in sports and kind of helping and encouraging more women and girls to be involved in sports and what some of the benefits are both for just for them, but also I think even for some organizational, there's some tie in here as well. And I, I, I want to get into some of that too, especially why, like I thought for a long time and I'm a little bit biased. I'm a, I'm a ex-athlete myself, not a female ex-athlete, but I always thought athletes made great employees and great team members. So I'm excited to talk about that, Trish. How are you today? I'm good. I'm really excited too. I actually um, saw our guest on television and heard about his program and just all the work he's doing. So um, I'm really grateful he's going to come on and share that, uh, not just with me, because I was personally interested. I am not an athlete. I'm, I'm, is it (laughs) possible to become an athlete? So that's good. Yeah. I feel like I'm becoming an athlete. My daughter's helping me, Okay, you know, to become a bowler. That's, that's an athlete, right? But Anyway, yeah, we'll, kind of. we'll look into well, it. Well, let's ask our guest. He can weigh in at bowling. Yes, really for it. he can tell me if that's possible at my advanced age. <laughs> let's welcome our guest. He's Dr. Greg Charlop. He is a physician and the co-founder of the Women's Sports Forum. He's uh, as a physician and the father of two daughters. Dr. Greg is committed to girls' health and wellness, with research showing that over ninety percent of C-suite women played youth sports. That's incredible, by the way. Dr. Greg made it his mission to promote girls' athletics and leadership. He co-founded the Women's Sports Forum with Olympian Miriam Glez. This monthly Q&A event tackles women athletes' unique health and business challenges. Dr. Greg is also the founder of Retired Athlete Health and created the seven-week wellness program to fill the team void for retired athletes. He's also the author of Why Doctors Skip Breakfast, Wellness Tips to Reverse Aging, Treat Depression, and Get a Good Night's Sleep. I could probably use all of that. I need all of that. (laughs) And his latest book, From Soccer to C-Suite, is scheduled for publication in late 2022. Welcome to the show, Dr. Greg. How are you? Great, great, great. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you. We're apparently, we're in the presence of like like some star power. Trish has been talking about your TV appearance to me, even off the air. So uh, uh, that's pretty awesome. and not just that, he has videos on his website. So I'm a little bit of a, a little bit of a stalker, I think. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you, it's it's gratifying because I found a lot of people are very interested in in the idea of helping girls be more successful and and also helping women athletes. And you know, I think all of us were shocked with that whole NCAA weight room scandal. And yes. I think we all kind of got the feeling that a lot of women athletes and girl athletes were kind of getting short shrift and. And, and I, you know, I, I, I'm happy to say that I think there's genuine momentum now to really kind of evening things out and, and realizing how important it is for girls to be involved in sports and, and leadership from a young age. Yeah. Dr. Greg, I'd love for you to maybe share a little bit about how you, I don't want to say you pivoted completely, but you got interested in these topics. Was it because you were the dad of two girls? Was it just you discovered and, and, and your eyes got open to some of these inequities as they progressed in their activities or you know, how did you go from just doing the doctor grind into kind of this, uh, this project? 
Well, honestly, you know, I hate to admit it, but but part of it, I, I think, may be like a mid-career crisis. You know, I I've been, you know, I'm an I'm a pediatric anesthesiologist by okay. training, and so for at that time, like 14 years, I've been working in a major medical center in Northern California, taking care of very sick kids, and you know, I love the work, but. I think that I had done it enough that I, I felt like I also wanted to try to do other things and I didn't want to only do that. And, you know, I guess you get to something where you feel like you're, you're pretty good at it and you want to try something else. So I decided to explore other options and where I was working, they had very strict, I guess you'd call them non-compete rules. You, hmm. You're into HR here. So I figure it's relevant stuff. In California and, though, they're almost never enforceable. We'll just throw that that's out. That's so there true. Too, yeah, yeah. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Probably can, but you know, I didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. But you know, the big thing is they didn't want you doing medical stuff sure. without going through them. Right. And so, you know, I, I wanted to do other things. I've always loved health and wellness. And even from a young age, you know, my parents used to make fun of me because I was the kind of kid at a birthday party that I wouldn't eat the birthday cake because it was unhealthy. You know, they, they even to this day, they think I was crazy. <laughs> so, you know, I got into this. And so we moved from Northern California to Southern California, where I had also lived in the past. And I reconnected with my UCLA buddies and athletes there. And that, and, and then I got sort of connected with the Beverly Hills plastic surgery scene, which is, you know, as you can imagine, is, is big out there. And so then I thought, well, you know, I could finally work on this. So I wrote a book, Why Doctors Skip Breakfast. And that was about anti-aging medicine and how to improve your diet and nutrition and supplements and sleep and everything to live longer. And I started working with athletes out there. And while I was there, I realized something that I didn't know, which was that as a lay because I'm not a big athlete. I work out, you know, but I'm not, I wouldn't, and I'm not a good bowler, but, uh, <laughs> but although oh, I yeah. wish I were. Not I, I know someone who can help you with that. Yes. Yes. See, but, um, but, but what I found is that a lot of athletes didn't really get great medical care. Uh, now, if they break a bone, they, they're in good shape, you know, there's good orthopedic surgeons, but they're not really helped with weight and nutrition and everything else. And so I got interested in that. And then one thing led to another, and we realized that women athletes in particular were not getting good medical care. And that led me to just research it and find out how important women athletics is and how beneficial it is for them. And then that led to this research that you had mentioned in your mm -hmm. intro, this EY did this study and they found that over 90% of C-suite women played sports when they were younger. I mean, it's just this unbelievable number. And so, you know, like you mentioned, I've got two daughters and, and so this was something important to me. And I, I realized, you know, we're, we're very focused on how we can help women be more successful and how we could help girls be more successful. And, and I think maybe one of the best things might be just to get them to play sports and do leadership activities at a younger age. Yeah. I, you know what? I would agree with you. My, uh, my daughter, who's, um, you know, 18, getting ready to get out of high school and go away to college. She started playing sports at age three. And believe me, I, I'm not one of those parents who was like, Hey, I got to push my kid into every sport. I think some, some young women, especially just want, they want that. They want that camaraderie and that connection and that team. And, you know, and then just one thing leads to another, right? And so it's sort of like once you have that entry point, I think, into athletics for young women, young girls, they want more of it. Did you, have you seen that with maybe some of the young women you're, you're working with or even with your own daughters? 
So I've seen that with everybody except for my own daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's still, I have to admit, been a bit of a struggle. You know, I think probably like a lot of families, you know, COVID, they're nine now. So for a lot of families, COVID kind of threw a wrench in things. You know, they were doing gymnastics and, and martial right. arts and everything. And then COVID came around and I'm thinking, well, maybe rolling around, you know, with a bunch of sweaty kids and a gym mat and mm. indoor space isn't, you know, the, the best yeah. idea. Right. So we stopped. And then we kind of let it slide. And, you know, I, I told you before the show, we had moved a few times around. We moved to Texas and now to Georgia. And so I'll be honest with you, we kind of let it slip. And then eventually I, I kind of sat down and I was like, well, what are we doing? You know, is this important? Like, is this something that we should roll up our sleeves and say, you got to do some kind of sport? Or is it just not a big deal because they don't seem that interested in it anyways? And the more I think about it, you know, the more I think it really is important that they do something. It, it, they, they're never going to be rock stars at it, but I think something is better than nothing here. I would agree too. I, I said before I was, you know, I was more into piano when I was younger and I, I would definitely push that direction, but so I'm not an athlete. Don't consider myself that, although I like to play sports, but I, I've definitely seen and I have boy girl twins. So I get to sort of see the difference between men and sports. You mentioned earlier about how women don't maybe get the same medical care in as athletes. I think that's true. Um, so I, I think it's been interesting to watch sort of the progression of them both being very big into athletics and all of the benefits. But I think you can get some of those leadership capabilities in other ways, of course, um, but I will say, I think if you have young women in uh, in any sort of sport, really, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport, I think you're going to start building some of those skills a little faster. And now when you get them to the point of graduation and they're thinking about, well, I, I have to have a resume, but I don't have any prior job history. You know, I just went, sat down with them last night, in fact, and made up their resume. And it's all built on leadership skills, communication skills, um, you know, just being able to problem solve how to handle defeat sometimes. And that all came from being athletes. So I think that's what drew me to your, your current research, your, your progression, your book, um, is, is that sort of directional reason that women are going that way, um, at a younger age. Are you, are you getting any kind of feedback from some of the athletes, maybe the female athletes you're working with that, you know, they experienced something similar or, or was it pretty different? Were they not strongly encouraged years ago to get into these things? Well, you know, it's interesting. So I'll tell you for the book we're writing for the, from soccer to C-suite book, I'm interviewing a lot of very successful women leaders, athletes, business leaders, people in media. And most of them played sports when they were younger, but not, not all of them, mm -hmm. but the vast majority have. And we've talked about this. We've talked a lot about parenting. And, and, and I like to get into what do you do for your kids? Because the goal of the book really is to help readers maybe get some tips about what they should be doing with their own kids based on what these successful women have done. Mm -hmm. And so the things that, that often come up are really some of the stuff you mentioned in terms of teamwork is a big one. I mean, every successful person, they're not, you know, in a vacuum. They're, they're, they have to interact with others and they can't just elevate themselves, but they have to elevate the group. And sports is a valuable 
instructor for teamwork, taking a loss, you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, everybody kind of jokes that the younger generation, you know, they're, they're snowflakes, and they don't know how to handle defeat. But, you know, it's a skill like anything else. And I remember when my kids were younger, you know, I didn't like playing board games with them, because if they lost, it was like, you know, they're overturning the board, and you know, <laughs> pieces are flying everywhere. And I'm like, look, like, you don't win every time. Like, that's, you know, you have to accept accept that and then just get up and brush yourself off and play the next day and and so the women I interviewed this is a big point you know I've personally had a few startups and all the people I interviewed either had startups or worked their way up the business ladder and nothing ever goes the way you want it to all the time in fact it doesn't go the way you want it to a lot of the time and so this resilience this ability to say well I really tried this didn't work <laughs> But but I'm not just going to like throw my hands up and give up, but I'm, I'm going to find a way around it and keep pushing is also a skill that 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 you have to practice and, and sports and leadership are a great way to do that. Yeah, Dr. Craig, I'd love for you to maybe help us uh, take us through some of the the I don't know how you go from like this, this the advice where it says, you know, it's a really good idea to play sports as a, as a youth uh, for girls. You know, you learn a lot of important lessons that you guys have been talking about a little bit. So what, how do you sort of take that and put a little structure around that and develop the, from soccer to C-suite program? You mentioned you're going to have some events, got a book coming out. What's kind of, what's wrapped around it beyond just, hey, it's a good idea for kids to play sports, which I think most people would agree with, generally speaking, maybe help us understand how you evolve that into, into the program. Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking. So, so it's a few sort of components that we're doing. One is is the book, or the goal there really is to share with the general public what these successful women business leaders do. And you know, the thing is that they they don't all agree among themselves about some of this stuff. So it's it's fun to see that because you know it's hard to get two parents in the same room and have them agree on on parenting styles. You know, like I asked, I pretty much asked everybody, like, if your kid doesn't want to play sports, should you force mm -hmm. them? Yeah. And some what of them are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I struggle with that myself with my son. I really did for many years. Well, so some of them say, yeah, you know, you got to force them. You can let them pick what they do, but they got to do it. They got to do it for a certain amount of time. And then they don't like that sport. Have them do something else. Okay. And others were like, look, if, if they're really not into sports, that's not a big deal. But have them do something else like right. theater or you had mentioned piano, something like that. They got to do something that involves kind of mastery and, and putting yourself out there and yeah. ideally working with teams. Um, and then the other thing we're doing, is, well, the two other things is, so for this, we're having this conference series and it's a nationwide conference series, the From Soccer to C-Suite series. It starts in Atlanta, which is where I am in June, goes mm -hmm. to DC in July, and then New York City in August. And the goal is to have this be a regular thing. And what we're trying to do there is we're getting top business leaders, media people, nonprofit folks, educators, to try to find out local solutions to get girls involved. And what we think is that what may work in one city, I mean, you're right, like it's easy to just play sports, but there's more to it, you know, mm -hmm. like there, there may be local resources that should be emphasized in certain places. There may be certain challenges that people in certain communities face. But one of the big things we're really pushing for is to try to change the sort of media slash cultural landscape around girls and women athletics, to make it where it's not just some side thing, but that it's actually something really important that mm -hmm. is important, you know, that we should be encouraging. And, and, you know, the media plays a big role in it. So we've had a number of big media partners who have sort of 
gone behind us. And then we're looking at maybe even launching these corporate workshops where we might work with HR departments, kind of like what you all do. And mm-hmm. we're exploring the idea of having a, 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 a product that, that HR departments could offer to their employees to help them with their daughters, to help them get their daughters involved in activities and help their daughters be more successful. Because we, we think that companies, I think, want their families to succeed. You know that, and the HR department maybe more than anyone wants their families to succeed, and and I think helping your employees' kids is, a, is really a great way to do that. Yeah, I think that's a really it, good it idea. is, and I think it's it's a really unique spin on you know at the top you talked about you know getting into more of the wellness well being, you know that's what companies are craving right now, or what what are other ways we can differentiate ourselves by offering things that maybe haven't been thought about before. Um, I love this idea because I think that as someone who wasn't an athlete raising two athletes, it's been very challenging to find in the media, female examples in those sports for that. My daughter plays, you know, so she's, for example, she's a bowler, um, a competitive cheerleader and does track track and field. And so unless it's time for the Olympics where you're kind of hearing about track and field a little bit you know, there aren't a lot of women out there. There aren't a lot of, there are, there are female bowlers who are amazing, but you don't really hear about them. She had to look up sort of to the men because they're always on television, right? So for me, it's a little bit about, yes, there are definitely some corporate advantages of encouraging this as a benefit, but it's also really beneficial for your employees who can then turn to their daughters and say, look, here's someone who looks like you, who's playing the sport that you're playing, that you can look up to as a role model to sort of, a mentor is probably too close of a word, right? Because your mentor usually know, but at a high level, if you're doing these, these events, you're really bringing groups of female athletic mentors together that people can see on video or can see and hear about through the media. So I love that connection. And I feel like you have so much potential to, to build from that too. So can you talk a little bit about, you mentioned you're doing it at least already in, you know, three locations coming up and can you talk a little bit about what kind of women are, are showing up to be your speakers at these events? Are are they from a wide array of sports, a wide array of positions, or how are you finding these women? Yeah. Well, you know, and I just wanted to say one thing, which you touched on something, which I agree with, which is that, there are a few things that people care more about than their kids. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not an HR, but, but I know a lot of people that not physicians who, you know, they, they, they do marketing and things like that. They work remotely. They're constantly getting new job offers. They're switching from company to company because of a small pay raise or something. There isn't much loyalty between the employee and the company. I, I can only imagine that's not good for the businesses because every time someone comes and goes, you know, you have to retrain them and everything else. I think as a company, if you could show that you care about your employees' kids, mm-hmm. that to me, that would be a great differentiator, you know, because then it's, it's almost more like a family and you're all kind of working together for shared goals. But, you know, in terms of people going to these things, you know, just about every, you know, of course, almost all of them have kids. And many of them played sports when they're younger, so they're passionate about this topic. And a lot of them, like I said, they're either from media or some from nonprofit or from healthcare, but media especially. There's a lot of women 
who are say senior television or movie executives or publishing executives and they played sports when they were younger. And so they care about this. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've found, because I've done a number of other conferences and other things, and people are much more interested in stuff that has sort of a philanthropic purpose than mm-hmm. if it's just transactional, you know, like if you're going to a, a meeting and it's, you know, it's just about some random business topic, I mean, people will go, but people really are interested if, if they're able to help other people. And and if you're able to help other people on a topic that you care passionately about, you can get some very impressive people to participate. I'm going to take a pause here, uh, Dr. Greg and Trish, to uh, thank our friends at Paychex, of course, Trish, who make this possible. This episode of At Work mm-hmm. America is sponsored by our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. Nearly one-third of U.S. employees say their work schedules still remain unpredictable as a result of the pandemic, a factor they report as having a significant effect on their overall well-being, causing financial stress, feeling disconnected from family and friends, etc. This appears to be affecting younger generations the most. You can learn more about this research and how you can optimize your work scheduling to help better support your employees at payx dot me slash schedules and thanks to our friends at paychex that's a really big deal honestly i've read more and more about that Uh, slightly off topic dr greg bear with me the people not knowing when they're going to work and how much they're going to be uh, working and how much more specifically how much they're going to be earning and actually dovetails into this topic just a little bit because sometimes it's like hey my my daughter's got soccer game on friday now boom you put me on the schedule like you know and i wasn't going to be on the schedule right it's a very real challenge that a lot of people are facing and our friends at paychecks are trying to help you um uh, get a little bit better at that and support your employees okay thank you so i had a question dr greg i'm going to ask and hopefully i'm not going to stub you it wasn't really in the notes but when i read the notes this morning and we've been talking i thought about this and this was it's a story that came from a couple of years ago, and it's our, our tie in a little bit more to sort of our background, too, is I remember reading, and I think I even wrote about this back in the day, that Enterprise Rent-A-Car, right, which we all know, right, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, huge rental car company, offices all over the country. They have traditionally been one of the biggest recruiters of college graduates of any company in the country year after year after year. Because they're, look, that's what that's their fun. They're hiring entry level people right out of college to go work, you know, in the rail car locations in the airports and all the other places where they have rental cars. And at the time, anyway, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I've got this right, so I'm going to say it out loud. They would almost exclusively look to recruit from athletes, females and females, but from athletes in college and not, you know, not all American hockey football players or hockey players, just athletes, division three women's lacrosse player, you know, they, that's, and they felt like for some of the things you guys have talked about already, that that was a really um, uh, successful recruiting strategy for them, for the types of people who say played women's lacrosse for three years in a division three school. They were there because they, A, they loved playing lacrosse and B, you know, maybe they really, could come out sort of ready to go into that enterprise rent a car team. I, I'd love for you. Should, a, do you think that makes sense? And B, if, have you experienced or seen any of that or some of the conversations you're having with the, the women leaders that you're working with or at the events that you're, you're doing like, Hey, yeah, this, this can be a real good, strong pipeline to help girls ultimately when they get into the, the career world, if you will. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and pretty much all of the women leaders I spoke to said that, when they're looking at hiring, they either directly or indirectly prefer people who have played sports before, because 
you know, there's some stuff you just know about athletes that's almost certainly true. Like for one thing, you know, it's hard to do it. You know, like if you speak to any kid, like I told you, my kids are not doing that many athletic things now and they're only nine and we're already having trouble juggling their schedule. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine if they were doing the stuff they're doing now, plus playing lacrosse, mm-hmm. you have to like have certain skills. You know, you have to be organized, you have to be punctual, you have to be committed to getting stuff done. So just about every athlete has to have these skills to be able to play for several years, you know, even if they're not Olympic athletes. And so yeah. people appreciate that. In addition to the, you know, the obvious stuff like, you know, the teamwork and the resilience and everything else. But it's it's hard for kids and for their parents to juggle sports, school, and maybe some other extracurricular, you know, say piano or something so my hat's off for these people and I I think it shows that they're going to be better employees you know another thing which is unrelated but people have been in the military when they were younger that's also probably true for Mm -hmm. you know it's not so easy to be in the military especially if you were successful there so those those folks often you know are are desirable hires from what I've gathered Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned it's funny, I'm sitting here writing frantic notes, because you're mentioning all of the words around what athletes sort of learn and experience and, and the skills they, they not only build, but I like the, the way you said they continue to practice the skills, which I hadn't really thought of it in that way. Um, but things like commitment, loyalty, organization, punctuality, those are all the things that we want as, as hiring managers and leaders, right? And so I think that you are giving your child a leg up if they can put that on there and say, yes, I've done, I've played football for 13 years. I've stuck with it, right? I've, I've bowled for 13 years. So it's, it, I don't know, everything else being equal, right? If you have two kids coming out with a four-year degree, for example, for a certain role and you know, maybe one has an internship, but it was kind of, you know, not a long time. Then you've got this athlete who's had a whole career as an athlete, I don't know, that might tip the scales in the athlete's favor, I would think. So I don't oh, think absolutely. I'm going to go back to my parents and get onto them for not letting me compete. <laughs> well, you know, and I'll, I'll add one more thing to the mix, which is the ability to take criticism slash negative feedback. Oh, yes. You know, now, now I hate to pick on my kids. I feel like I'm doing that too much here. They're probably don't not going to listen, listen, Dr. Greg, is my don't, suspicion. We're, that's probably not in our, our demo. We have a lot of young listeners, let me tell you. This is just between us here. But, you know, one of them I found, she really has a hard time taking negative feedback. You know, like if she does something wrong and I tell her, I could just see that it's difficult for her. Like she'll arch her back, she'll screech. Mm-hmm. Like it's, she doesn't like it. And, and, but the thing is, if you're an athlete and you've been doing it for a few years, you have to be able to do that. Like you can, because your coach is going to do it, you know, and you're going to get negative feedback when someone scores on you, you know? And so, and, and so in order to survive several years of athletics, you need to be able to deal with feedback and incorporate it into your game and improve. And I think from an employer standpoint, that's something you want because you don't want someone that you're afraid to say, hey, you know, like you need to do this differently and that they're, gonna, they're going to react adversely or quit. You want someone who's going to take that feedback and use it to improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who's coachable from that right? That's the whole thing. And I think you're right. If you don't learn that through some sort of athletic interaction, um, you'll learn it later, but it might be a little bit harder when you're older trying to figure this out if you're, you know, 19, 20, 22 years old, right? So learning it young, 
you're right. I think too, you mentioned you have a nine-year-old. Do you have, are they twins? Do you have twins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Twin nine-year-olds. Look, I have twins too. We got all these connections. Look at this. No, but I will tell you, so obviously having twins, it's different too, because you're constantly sort of comparing, well, this one behaves this way and this one doesn't. And obviously I'm trying to raise them the same way. I will say though, I think some of that too, you learn from being in sports or activities like that, because there's always, a, you know, kids on the team, maybe that are a grade ahead, two grades ahead. And those parents are the ones that come to you and be like, it's okay, calm down. That's just the age versus is this something that this child is struggling with learning, right? So for me, I would be like, oh, well, a nine-year-old not taking criticism, well, totally normal, no worries. You know, <laughs> they'll pick that up over time and getting that consistent, constructive feedback from a coach, from a ref. I've seen many referees, umpires, actually when some, like say a pitcher messes up a pitch, right? And they balk or something, right? They don't just get a, a bad call against them. They they actually have the, the umpire might walk over to them and actually coach them in the moment mm-hmm. and teach them, right? So it's that constant feedback from people other than your parents, I think, that is also really beneficial to prepare you for feedback from people in the workplace. Yeah, I would say. that's a great point, I think. Yeah, I, I think there's so many really important developmental things, lessons to mm-hmm. learn, kind of things that even though, right, especially Dr. Gray, your kids are nine. It must be really hard. My, you know, Trish and I are older now, but like to try to convince a nine-year-old, no, this will be good for you later. No, I promise, you know, this lesson we're trying to learn today will help you when you're 27. That's, that's, a, that's a tough sell probably. But, uh, <laughs> I guess we can take comfort in knowing that we've lived through a lot of these things, that it's, it's likely true. And even if they don't believe it, right? Right. That's true. Well, what's, what's next? Obviously you've got a few conferences coming up. I know you've kind of alluded to, you know, thinking more about how this might actually fit into a corporate setting, a corporate training, a corporate program. Um, you know, we have listeners from all different age, age demographics, uh, locations that we have global, you know, listeners, what is something if, if you're a listener that you can be doing or thinking about and getting involved with, the programs that you're putting into place and, and supporting, you know, maybe young women who are interested or potentially interested in becoming athletes. What can our listeners be doing to connect with you? Well, they could reach me. I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn. So you could look for me there. Gregory Charlop spelled C-H-A-R-L-O-P, like Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also go to my website, gregorysharlopmd.com. And probably by the time this is, your show is out, the From Soccer to C-Suite websites will be up so you can learn more about the conferences and the book and everything else. So those are probably the best ways. I also have an Instagram page, but I oh, I, I feel like maybe I'm too old to do it. I don't no. know. Like I'm doing something wrong. No, you no. know, I, I like I do it, but like I don't really do it. And like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more like out of obligation, but you, you could look for Gregory Charlotte empty there, but it's it's really hit or miss. If you know how to, if you know, if you're good with Instagram and you want to show me the ropes, you know, I'll be all for it. Yeah, there you go. You got to get one of those nine year olds, maybe. Maybe they're a little too young. I don't know. I don't know when you start with that. Uh, maybe nine is too young for that, but uh, yeah, we maybe. will make sure we get the appropriate links anyway to your LinkedIn, to the website, uh, in the show notes as well. Um, really, really interesting stuff. Uh, I really, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm a sports guy. Of course, I wore my sports jersey for this recording. I know you can't see this on the audio because I knew we had a sports topic, sports or sports adjacent oh, so topic anyway. I have baseball games to go to. I've got oh, the Waterloo right. sports on, right? All right. So this was really, <laughs> I have really have a double fun. header to attend um, today. 
Uh, all right, Dr. Greg, we uh, certainly want to say thank you. We'll make sure we put the ways to connect with you in the notes. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. And best of luck with the uh, events coming up this summer uh, across the country. Well, thanks for having me on. You guys are doing great work here. I think you're filling a valuable need. Thanks so much. Really appreciate that. All right, Trish, good stuff. Uh, thank you. Great show. Great. You, thank you for pulling this together from like probing. Just watching uh, TV. Probing the local news <laughs> in, in the Rocky Mountains area and, and, and having us connect with Dr. Greg. Good stuff. So, okay. One last thing I want to mention. Obviously, you can find all the show archives in the show notes. Subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, also, you know, Trish, since we're, we're kind of expanding the show a little bit, let's encourage folks, if you have a story to tell, uh, workplace story, some other story, maybe if you want a story to tell and you think there's a good place to maybe tell that story, go to hrhappyhour.net, hit the contact button, get in touch with us and let us know. All right. Good stuff. So I will, uh, with that, I will say thanks to our friends at Paychex. Thanks to our guest, Dr. Greg. Trish, thank you. And uh, we will see you next time. And bye for now.